Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A Dadsnet original podcast. So, fellas, what's everyone's favourite thing to do at the moment? Obviously, anything to do with music, playing my guitar, building guitars, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm big into cooking at the minute, so, uh, you know, with summer on its way, looming around the corner, um, uh, it's going to be all about the brise, or for you English folk, nice. the barbecue. Oh. Thank you for the translation. Oh, You're welcome. Mate. One of those I big, like- big spirally beef sausages. Borobos. Yes. Borobos. Is that what it's called? Oh, yes. Uh, you know me, chaps. I like uh, keeping my fingers green in the garden. Maybe I could uh, do some vegetables, Brad, for the barbie. Or the, what's it called in South nice. African? A braai. A braai? Yeah. I've learned that today. <laughs> oh, right, this is in the middle of an advert. Like, stop that. Right, okay. This you know is a great teamwork, though. <laughs> Look at this teamwork. We're all getting together. <laughs> this okay. all makes sense. Obviously, throughout the last year, we've had a lot of the time to do these things that we enjoy, right? That's the positive spin on things. Well, actually, Jim and boys, if I'm honest, I, you know, with all the new work commitments and just being busy with, like, family and keeping sane in lockdown, um, yeah, I've not got in the garden as much as I'd like to, to be fair. No, like, you're kidding me. I've bought a ton of guitars and I've hardly had any time to play any of them. (laughs) (laughs) So with Father's Day coming up, it does sound like having had a, a, should we say mixed bag of a year with ups and downs, a gift that's not only something you enjoy, but also enables you to spend some quality time with your kids. That would probably be a good idea for Father's Day, right? Yeah, Father's Day gifts are always tricky for me because um, I'm just after a little bit of quality time with the kids. But if there's a way of a little something for me as well, because I don't get much, uh, I'm all ears. Well, while we've been chatting, um, because I don't tend to listen to you both very much, um, (laughs) I've just been scrolling through not on the high street Father's Day section. Here's my thoughts, right? Get ready for this. Sparky, there's a grow your own herb kit. You could do that with your little man. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, get a little spade for him to join in with. (laughs) That's your son, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. How does he hold the spade? (laughs) (laughs) How do you collect them little holes to pop the seeds into? Oh, well, let me tell you. Uh, Jack, for you, some personalised plectrums so you can teach your boys a, a G chord. Perhaps that's one of the chords. I know very, one of them. Very nice. You know guitars. <laughs> Maybe a B. Is there a B? Yeah, there's a B. You can do a B. And for you, Brad, I've uh, got a superhero biscuit bacon craft set. Your boys are going to love that. And let's face it, you're going to love that even more than them. I was going to say, that's for me. That is not for the boys. <laughs> that is all mine. That is amazing. 
And for me, I've got a beer and curry night in from Best of British Beer. It doesn't obviously involve the kids, but it's a great gift anyway. <laughs> and a happy dad means happy kids. Yes. I actually kind of like the sound of your one, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I picked the best one for myself. Oh, what a surprise. Oh, no. <laughs> so, look, if you're looking for some inspiration uh, for yourself or the person that buys the gifts in your house, uh, then check out noths.com not on highstreet.com forward slash fathers dash day welcome gentlemen to the loose dads podcast This is Loose Dads from Dadsnet. Hello, welcome to another episode of Some Dads sitting around having a bit of a chat about things. We've got under overrated very soon. One of the panel will be in the hot seat. We'll fire things at them and they'll say whether they're underrated or overrated. We'll look inside the news to see how it's affecting dads. And Alec from the Dadsnet group on Facebook asks this question. How do you know you're doing a good job as a parent? But first of all, let me introduce you to the panel on the day that uh, Gareth Southgate announced England's provisional squad for the Euros. Here are the panel in terms of which footballer they would be. So we've got Sparky. Sparky, (laughs) do you know who you would be? Um, Okay, um, I would be the striker, hopefully, uh, because I'm greedy uh, (laughs) and I want the glory. Okay, (laughs) right. I was going to be a bit kinder. I'm going for Paul Gascoigne for you. You are Paul Gascoigne. Okay, I love it. You give us the full gamut. You give us the emotional stuff. You give us the tears on the pitch. But you also give us the hilarity of the plastic set of breasts. So, you know, (laughs) you're light and shade, Sparky. You are light and shade. Are you uh, pointing out my moobs on Zoom, mate? I'm not having (laughs) I'm the Gazza. I'll take that all day long, Jim. Purely coincidental. Uh, Jack, you are Brian Gunn. Now, you may not know who Brian Gunn is because you're not a big football fan. No. Right? Basically, you live near Norwich. When I think of Norwich, <laughs> when I think of Norwich, all I think of, I don't think of the beautiful, there's a castle in Norwich, isn't there? Okay, yeah. It's gorgeous. Don't think of that. <laughs> Alan Partridge, one of the finest comedy characters set in Norwich. Don't think of that. I think uh-huh. of the the old school Norwich City goalkeeper, Brian Gunn, who was in goal for them probably 30 years ago. And that's what I think of when I think of Norwich. So that's who you are. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. And you're a safe pair of hands, Jack. Oh, yeah, that as well, yeah. Yeah, cheers, cheers. I was hoping, like, for some flashy, uh, you know, winger or something like that. But yeah, Brian Gunn's fine. (laughs) Go for it. Like, hometown glory. (laughs) And me, I'd be Roger Miller. Roger Miller is, well, was at the time, he was the oldest player ever to play in the World Cup in 1994. He was 42 years of age when he played for Cameroon. Still quality. Uh, Exactly. And that's my age now, which means that if a few people drop out of that England squad, I could still stand in, right? (laughs) Yes, Jim. I know Gareth Southgate's listening, right? Right. Jim, I was really worried when you started this intro because I thought he's going to go for all current players and I haven't followed football for so long. You know, I'm I'm, I'm the Frank Lampard era, you know. Uh, But luckily you didn't go new. You went so old with the players that (laughs) I've never heard of two of the three. (laughs) Mate, um, yeah, yeah, don't Google image Brian Gunn if you're thinking lookalike as well, mate. I mean, no shade, Brian. Oh, Uh, (laughs) By the way, Jack, oh. how old were you in 1994 when Roger Miller was uh, playing at 42 years old? Five. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> right. Great news. Oh, Hold on, I'm Googling Brian Gunn now because... 
Can I just say at this point, you may notice that oh, there's only three of us. Brilliant. It's got brilliant. Not saying- All right, I get it. I get it. Mate, he was a great goalkeeper, though. There's nothing to be taken away from that. Let's just say that. It was not a hair-based comment. No, right, okay. yeah, sure, sure, sure. Unfortunately, uh, Brad can't be with us for this week's podcast, but um, his lawyer says there is every chance he'll get acquitted. So it's okay. He should be back next week. Fingers crossed. They can't tell it was him because of the mask, I think. Uh, So let's move on. Let's play Under Overrated. Under. Over. Under. Over. Under. Over. Rated. Uh, This is where we put one person from the panel in the hot seat and we fire things at them. They have to say whether they're underrated or overrated. Last week it was Jack. This week it is Sparky. Sparky, you sat comfortably in the chair. I am ready. Right. Here we go. Let's fire some stuff. Jack, head off. Sandpits. Ooh, uh overrated um like i mean just get a tough tray and put a little bit of sand in there for your kid because as well we've got three cats um <laughs> and a sand pit's just gonna become a giant cat litter so hell no hey even without even without cats i got two kids and uh it's basically uh, a tray. Oh, oh no you need the scoop for that sometimes as well <laughs> Mm, hygiene <laughs> they're those public sand pits as well they are um, the place where things go to breed aren't they surely Covid has destroyed them Mate, surely COVID, Covid means the end of them Covid 29 is waiting in one of those sand pits somewhere the future uh, right Sparky Eurovision are underrated right now I get a lot of stick off my mates for, for loving Eurovision but You've got to appreciate it for what it is, and it's a great evening's entertainment. Like, what, you know... What Well, no, come on, mate. Right, okay, our entry this year wasn't the greatest. I mean, the fun side of it, like, I look at it like a, a school talent show that you're forced to sit through, you know? It's like, oh, we're going to do the year eight show today, and you have to watch it. It's like, it's like that, but with a brilliant budget, like, and so they can have great <laughs> props and great lighting, and it's, it's brilliant. If you let yourself go in it, I think it's class. I think the problem is when people take it too seriously and people, grown adults on social media getting angry about voting on Eurovision <laughs> is one of, it's one of my least favourite things and one of my favourite things simultaneously <laughs> because I find it hilarious that they care so much. Yeah. It's just a laugh. It's a whole evening's entertainment of just nonsense and sometimes we need that, I reckon. And, and going Agreed. into it, don't we, don't we all know that we are getting like crapple points from anyone like we know that don't we yeah I mean yeah that Be- becomes- because because like as a country a lot of the world seem to hate us a bit <laughs> I mean don't damp- soften it up or anything Jack. <laughs> Um, the thing is, though, I don't know if that... Is, and people say that. That's the received wisdom. But the, there is, it's very difficult to rig a public vote against someone. It's very easy to rig it for someone. And, you know, a lot of those countries will go for their favoured partner. But, you know, you vote for your favourite song. So it could just be that a lot of people thought, well, that UK one is not my favourite song. I'm not voting for that. I'm voting for one of the others. 
And so that's why we got no points. Because let's face it, the song was all right. He seems like a nice bloke. He seems like a lovely bloke. That's why I feel sorry for him. But the staging of that as well. You saw all the kind of performances, all of this kind of stuff going on. And then it's just a bloke who's like he's on the last train back home sing. trying to start a sing song. And that's <laughs> it. <laughs> so true, right? Shout out to the Russian uh, performers, by the way. Like, exactly. She came on in like what can only be described as a Dalek, Jack. Uh, like, it was like a Dalek do- dress, which she came on seriously singing and jumped out of it into a rap. Like, that's entertainment. Like, <laughs> yeah. if you've been to a holiday park with caravans and stuff, like, you get that anyway as part of your holiday. You're like, oh, the entertainment's good, love. Right? So why wouldn't you watch it and enjoy it on Eurovision? I, I, like, I'm going to sound like Brad here, you know, just because he's not here. But you say it's not easy to rig, but, like, it's not like an election. It's, it's easier to rig the Eurovision well, where no. no one cares, you know. No, no, it's, no it's Donald really, Trump it's, going, I want to recount. It's, re- it's easy to rig in favour of someone, but to, to, to rig it against someone, you'd have to ring up and vote for 28 acts and not the 29th <laughs> act in order to ensure they didn't get the votes. Or just Which, when you're relaying the points to the hosts, you go... Mm. I'm just going to take off those 12 points and say zero. <laughs> I mean, you could do, yeah. And also, uh, it could just be, as you say, that they detest people. And you people were wondering why people don't like Britain. And then Amanda Holden came on and just oh. said, she said, uh, what, good evening in English, French and Dutch. And she was like, well, I don't really know what I'm saying. It all sounds the same to me. <laughs> like, oh, come on. Hey, come on. Did she even say, like, I don't speak foreign or something like that? I mean, it's... <sighs> Sorry, I'm not slandering a man holding here, but like, come on, you're on the Eurovision Song Contest. So actually, your theory's quite right there, Jack, because you could probably have told her anything at that point and said what country and what number after it, and she would have said it down the camera. (laughs) So maybe it was rigged. See, for me, the glory days of Eurovision were the Terry Wogan days, just where you could hear him getting more and more... uh, Drunk. Drunk, um, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I was going for. And, and the comments he was making was like being with your drunk old granddad. Yeah. Norton does a good job of that. Uh, yeah, on a Graham Norton's night. not bad, is he? No. Graham Norton is not bad. He's all right. <laughs> he does a good job. Right, come on then, give me the next one because we're getting too deep in Eurovision. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, this fault. is loose Eurovision. <laughs> from Dad's Net. Hey, the go Italians, on then, they never did, they, deserved, they didn't do any drugs. It was just glass. Right, there, we've moved on now. Right, go. Okay. Uh, Amazon. Underrated. Like, it's changed my life. Like, and actually, I found out something today about Jeff Bezos, which no one wants to hear or believe. He's the man that donates the most money to charities in the world every year. Or in the last year, he's the man that has donated the most money to he's, charities. He's also the richest man in the world. Yeah. So, no, <laughs> A lot of people hate on Amazon because this guy is the, getting so rich, but he is also thinking about other people, which has kind of changed my perception. Anyway, I'm just yeah. looking at a way of feeling less guilty for having so many Alexas in my house. Um, <laughs> but I, I think Amazon's a world changer. Like I, I look at everybody else behind them. If Why now, if I order from somewhere else apart from Amazon, is it taking me five days? Why yeah. can Amazon do it in one day? They are setting a new standard. They are driving, shopping online forward. So I'd say they're still underrated. Get your mum What's on board. That? What's that sound in the background? Oh, that is your local shops crying oh, their hey, hearts hey, out, Sparky. Hey, I still do use my local greengrocers, but honestly, all of that could have been coming out because I've had me uh, me jab. I don't know, like I could have been. <laughs> this could be a side effect of the jab. I'm just now channeling Amazon. Um, all right, Sparky, scuba diving. 
uh, overrated for me, um, just because it terrifies me. I've, I've been, I'm that guy that's always been a bit afraid of water. Like, my mum passed on her fear of water to me. So being, the thought of being in water where I can't touch the floor still scares me to this day. So I'm going to have to overcome that because I'm going to want to take Jackson swimming at times. But yeah, I yeah, when I get scared or someone like, you know, I get flustered because there's an octopus swimming by, I just want to be able to put my feet on the floor and breathe. Like I, I, it terrifies me all this oh, I'm going to get air in my veins and stuff because I've gone scuba diving. I'm all right, mate. <laughs> uh, Jack, have you got another one? Uh, what have I got? Mr. Tumble. Oh, he's just started to play a really big role in my I life. See. <laughs> Underrated, mate. Uh, he, I like it. I like what won't. he does. <laughs> I do you, who do you like best, Mr. Tumble or is it Jason? What's it? Justin. Sorry, who do you like best, Mr. Tumble or Justin? Like we, we, Justin's house. Now you see what Have my problem that is. Uh, no, is that a new? Is that, sorry, is that a no? Oh, Justin's house is that's going to be prime entertainment for your boy. Absolutely. That We're just doing biz. the bag one. We're just doing the one where you get the bag and then you touch your fingers, oh, touch no. your nose, blink uh, three something times. Something special. Something special. That's your kind of gateway drug into yes. Justin and Mr. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! The journey continues. Gigglebiz as well. That's another one that you're gonna you're gonna watch a lot of. I'm writing that's that the, down, mate. The, that's the sketch show. It's the Justin sketch show. Oh my god. My, my my problem is that in the Justin universe, right, there's no consistency. Have you have you ever seen Jack, have you ever seen Justin live? No, I have not. Right, okay. Thank good. I imagine it's hard for him to do it live, right? Yeah. It's it's really confusing because he plays Mr. Tumble playing Justin. So he does, you know, like Mr. Tumble's kind of a little bumbling fool, like, <laughs> but but when he does a live show, he's doing it as Mr. Tumble, but he's doing it as Justin from Justin's house rather than Mr. Tumble. And it's really confusing for me. The kids obviously don't care. They just love yeah. it. Everything that he does, you know, he could do anything. He could go out there and literally read through the phone book or swear loads. And the kids would be like, yes. But for me, I'm like, well, that's not your Tumble character. That's your Justin character. I'm confused. It's like the inception of CBBS. It's like oh, it really is. It's so many levels of Justin. Yeah. And have you heard his version of uh, David Bowie's Starman? No. Oh god. Should I avoid it at all costs? Oh. Really avoid it at all costs. That's a step too far. I mean, <laughs> Justin is a fine free babysitter, um, but <laughs> but that's just too much. Absolutely. What shows is your boy into, Sparky? Um, he's actually at the minute. We're, so Justin, something special. He likes that. He he likes Waffle, which I think is for older kids. But he just absolutely. We've watched episode one, series one of Waffle the Dog, a hundred times. In fact, <laughs> I, I, I had to drive home from Portsmouth because I went to see my family on the weekend. And whilst we we're on the three-hour drive home, we played it through the car speakers while my partner hold, uh, while SJ held the iPhone in front of him and we played that episode three times and yes if you're wondering I did contemplate whether the central reservation would be an easy one <laughs> that's drastic guys obviously I did is he not into the story arc of it like does he not want episode two um no, he just loves the bit where they can't find Waffle on episode one and he just right, keeps yeah. going, he's got, he keeps going. So yeah, that Waffle, number blocks is quite cool. Um, we, yeah. we're, st- we're sitting on the CBBS and I'm trying to sort of push Rugrats on him a bit because that's a, a classic of mine, which I loved from when I was a kid. <laughs> Have you been able to get any kids, uh, your kids into anything that you've watched, Jack? Uh, so they've just started watching Noddy, but the new one. 
where uh, he's okay. a detective. That's uh, not Noddy, is it? Like, no. <laughs> We were it's just chilling a, out with Big Ears and Mr. Weeble Wobble when we were kids. Like, that was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, that's like when uh, when they did Baywatch Nights and David Hasselhoff, who was a lifeguard in the day, became a detective by night. And it, was, it, was, it was just a step too far, if we're going to be perfectly honest. Nah. Been realistic up till that point, but really, I think they just they just were in it for the coin. They'd lost it. What and about you, you Jim? Oh, sorry, go on. I was going to say, do you, I had a moment of, you know, talking about shows I used to watch had a moment yesterday where I was like my kids will never know the Play Days theme tune ah oh, sad time it's the Y bird stop and the problem is we're allowed to play that <laughs> do, do we have to pay like a fee now <laughs> someone from the BBC is going to send us an email in five years we've all paid a TV licence haven't we <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. What well, we could do what is yes on iPlay. Yeah. That's what you're asking. <laughs> we could we could show them some false bank statements to show that we have if we haven't anyway. <laughs> hey, that's satire. That is satire. Hey, and if you're listening to this good. in a few months and you've forgotten that story, then this was very funny at the time. <laughs> This is Loose Dads from the Dads Net. We're going to be looking inside the news at the news that affects dads next. This year, my dad found lockdown really hard because he had to keep us all entertained when we were climbing the walls. And so, for Father's Day, um, he deserves a really great gift. I'm getting him a beer and curry from NotOnTheHighStreet.com because he loves beers and hot curries. Check out NOTHS.com, NotOnTheHighStreet.com forward slash Father's Dash Day. This is Loose Dads from Dadsnet. It's me, it's Sparky, it's Jack. It's unfortunately not Brad because he is a quitter once again. And <laughs> apparently earning money is more important than sitting here with us having a bit of a chat. <laughs> Sell out. Or, or that's the story he's told us to read because, Jim, you already gave a little bit too much away earlier. In, in <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Actually. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Anyway, hoping, but, um, fingers he's, he's crossed. A, he's a quitter, not a quitted. Yes. We don't know that yet. We're hoping you'll find out on next week's episode. (laughs) Oh, is there not a super injunction on this one, actually, Uh, that we need to move on from? Yeah, sure. Look, just do the news, mate. All right, let's look inside the news. Uh, In the news this week, we have cinemas back open across England and some other parts of the United Kingdom as well. It's difficult to keep up with everything, (laughs) to be honest. Um, I'd love to say that I would be raring back to the cinema, but realistically, when they were open before COVID, I very rarely (laughs) went anyway. (laughs) But they've got this kind of big backup of films ready for people to watch. And I think if you're really into the cinema, if you're really into going, it's going to be a cracking summer for you. There's loads that are sort of, I think, very dad-friendly, very kid-friendly coming out. So you've got Cruella, the sort of early days of Cruella de Vil. Uh, there's another version of Cinderella coming out because that's what the world needs. There's another Fast and the Furious because that's what the world needs. Hold on, your story's not complete yet, Jim. Stop talking it down, mate. Come on. <laughs> okay, right, yeah. I apologise. That's important. What, what one's this? Number nine? Nine. Yeah, nine. number nine, yes. Nine. How have you not told the... 
the story of Look, cars They're in a complicated fast. family, mate. They're a complicated <laughs> family. Dominic Toretto's got problems to solve, man. Like... And and have they they've had like offshoots of it as well? Like was it Calvin and Hobbs or Hobson and Hobbs Jerome and Shaw, or whatever it was? Yeah. Hobbs and Shaw, which was The Rock and Jason Statham. Yeah, those. That was, uh. I think I saw them filming that. I was driving along the M62, and apparently they were using this power station uh, in East Yorkshire. And all of a sudden, there's like five or six like black sleek helicopters flew over the m62 and i was like oh cool what is this what's going on and apparently that's where they were filming that hobbs and shaw because there were were like pictures of the rock a gym in doncaster as well at one point (laughs) while he was filming he just popped in um (laughs) but what i'd like to see i mean i don't want to watch that whole film because that's really not the kind of film i want to see but what i'd love to see is that moment if it is in the film with my knackered old skoda going underneath (laughs) the helicopters ruining the shot somehow Mate, that is the Fast and the Furious. Like, that's when they get to 25 and they go for the classic car range. Yes. Uh, I'm certainly furious. Absolutely furious with it. Uh, so what's everyone looking forward to watching? Are you two kind of... I know you both like your films, don't you? Are you two desperate to get back to the cinema? Sparky. The idea of wearing a mask for the whole time I'm in the cinema doesn't sound mm. inviting at the minute. But to be fair, I am excited because... I think the cinema is something I took took a bit for granted before um, yeah, before definitely. lockdown because it is just I've I've watched all of Netflix on my TV through lockdown. <laughs> right? So when the like new movies come out, yeah, it'd be great to see them in the cinema. I miss that smell of like walking into cinema. I do. I miss having a Tango Blooming Ice Blast, boys. I miss yeah, yeah, you yeah. know you know thinking oh yeah go on I'll spend eight quid on that. That seems fair. Like I miss that. I, I, I miss think I miss thinking there's no way I'm spending eight quid on that and smuggling them in in my trousers. <laughs> <laughs> That's another classic. But yeah, I mean I'm really looking forward to the new Bond. Like definitely because you, you can't not be excited about yeah, that you can't beat a bond film can you and you i'm can, ready but. yeah well yeah you can't like you know it's it's classic dad fodder as well and i just yeah. think yeah there's got to be a moment when i want to introduce jackson to the cinema as early as possible i was gonna say because you've not had the chance he was he's like a lockdown baby basically isn't he yeah. so he won't have had the chance to have gone to the cinema that is a great experience taking your kids Exactly, Saturday Club. And I think that my brother left it a little bit too late with my nephew. So he took them like a little bit like when they were older, not when they were toddlers. Like, so they didn't even get a taste of it. Like, because I'm probably not imagining he's going to be able to sit through a, a whole movie the first go. But my nephew got scared of the cinema because it was too loud. <laughs> it's too loud, Uncle Mark, take me out. So, uh, so yeah, Lennox spoiled a, fin- a cinema visit for me. But um, yeah, so those things I'm excited about. And it's just... I like going in the day because I do breakfast radio. Like I get, I'm lucky to sometimes Mm. if, uh, well, before I had a kid, actually, I'm remembering me before I had a child before (laughs) lockdown, but I would just go, oh yeah, I'll just pop in and there'd be like no one in there. And it's just like the cinema is yours. So that, that's cool. Yeah, that's nice. But but I guess I can't really hope for that because I I hope for the cinemas to be booming again because we don't want any of them to go under. So that's actually what I want. But if they have like a showing in the day, like a special Sparky showing, surely you're a big celebrity, aren't you, around <laughs> yeah, your guys, way? So clear them out. Open it for you. <laughs> Tell them I'm coming. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, my kids went quite early to the cinema It was, and they enjoyed it. But then sort of three or four films in to my son, 
going to the cinema. We got these tickets to go and see, um, we got free tickets to go and review a cinema in Halifax because that's the glamour of my life. <laughs> and um, the only film that was on was Dumbo. And it's like the the live action version of Dumbo, which is really dark, really, really oh, dark. And it's, yet. oh, it really is. It's good. It's very good. But I was sitting there going, oh, they are hated. They, as it happened, they didn't really see the darkness in it. They just quite enjoyed it. But whoa, I was sitting there just like <laughs> petrified that they were going to be, completely uh, confused and scared for the rest of their lives. <laughs> Do you have a new look on elephants? New take on elephants yeah. because oh, of God, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so Jack, what about for you? What are you looking forward to? So I, I, I mean, I've not taken my boys yet. They're two and three. And when we went into lockdown, they were not quite two and not near one. Like, so, you know, they were quite young and I've got that thing that Jake's a bit hyper and there's a there's no way he's going to sit through a film at home let alone at at the cinema so I am excited to do that with them uh I don't know what what film I'll take them to but uh, I'm excited to do that but then I'm also excited to like just go with Danny I haven't been I haven't been on a cinema date for years and as soon as I saw they were opening up again that was sort of my first thought was Oh, I just want to go and watch any old shit. I just want to. I, ju- I just want that experience of going out, going to the cinema, sitting there with a drink and popcorn, and um, watching a film that's way too big. So, going with Danny as well. When you're sitting in the cinema, I mean, after all the films you've watched, we're on lockdown, and um, and she can talk at any point. It's like at least this time, you know, you can watch yes. it completely. <laughs> we're in public, love. You can't talk to me. Just <laughs> watching the film. Oh, we're so, going. To, we're working through Line of Duty at the moment, and I'm having to pause it every four minutes. Ah, <laughs> oh, the sarcastic pause. I love it. What? what? <laughs> What you need on the wall is like one of those incident room notice boards with all the lines going between <laughs> the pictures it. just to connect the bits of the plot. <laughs> so have you two noticed, uh, I mean, obviously, yeah, as we've been talking about, you've got uh, young kids that uh, were quite young at the start of lockdown. But since being a parent, I've really not been to the cinema very much. There doesn't mm. seem to be many opportunities. Like I think Christmas 2019, we got these... Uh, mm vouchers to go to our local cinema which is like one of them ultra plush ones and you kind of want to make it the right thing because they're worth so much you know yeah. you know those posh cinemas yeah, yeah. with the reclining you know, chairs and everything it's like, like it's like you're handling some kind of platinum having the gift voucher in your pocket like someone bought this with their, all their worldly goods and their lottery winnings or whatever so we we were like for months we were like what we're we gonna do what we're we gonna see and then lockdown happened so we couldn't see anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I hope those uh, vouchers are still valid. I'd be making a phone call to them. Hi. <laughs> oh, I'm not checked. <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> mate, that's worth a phone call. Don't let. I shouldn't have missed out because of lockdown. Definitely use that line. Yeah. They'll, they'll yeah. let you redeem him. Uh, Sparky, have you got a new story? Yeah, I do, boys. And it's I don't, like I didn't know. I I stopped a second and thought, is this a bit dark? But it's a new story. It's happened. And I just, I don't know. I'll give you the the headline. Man's body found upside down in dinosaur statue after he fell in getting his phone. Right? Wow. <laughs> That's a roller coaster, that, isn't it? That's, it's, I went, it's a lot is to it, take in. I went, it is dark. It's not dark. It is. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but you see, I just feel like everyone's, capable of doing that to themselves now we're all so phone obsessed and this guy so it's in spain um there's like this dinosaur statue that they've just put up um 
And I guess he, he dropped his phone in, went to retrieve it and couldn't get out. And, and no, unfortunately, it was her father and son that found him because the dad oh. was standing with his son next to the dinosaur to have a picture. He's like, what's that smell? And Oh, yeah. oh God. And like, just, I know your phone's important, oh, but there's just great. another reminder for you. I know you don't know how to react. To that. Oh, that's great. <laughs> like, but, how old was this kid? How do you explain that to your kid? Oh, the dinosaur's eaten someone. <laughs> there you go. Don't get too Real close, life, son. Real life Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> I'd see, I was wondering about something like this, though, because we went to the zoo at the weekend and uh, we were by the lion enclosure and there was like a, a first fence, which wasn't very big, obviously to stop you going towards the second fence. Because if you go too close to the second fence, you could get a swipe, surely. Yeah. Right. Mm. And I was thinking... If I dropped my phone over the first fence, would I go over that to get it back? <laughs> what would I do? Because it's really important to me and I do need it for work. And, you know, it costs a lot of money and things like that. But getting swiped by a lion doesn't <laughs> seem a lot of fun. But what are the chances? They've got a lot of area. They'd have to run over really quick. I think I'd be quicker getting my phone and getting back. And that, I was, that was the debate going on in my head while I was trying to have a good family nice time. <laughs> so do you reckon that guy had that same debate? He's like, oh, my phone, it's, oh, I've dropped it in the dinosaur. Now am I going to feel more of an idiot calling someone and going, oh, I've lost my phone in your dinosaur? Um, How's he going to call him? I said, <laughs> Jack, Jack, I'm, I'm, oh, come on, be sensitive here, mate. Be sensitive here. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. But all right, then that's it. He had no one to call. And because it might have been an expensive phone, he didn't want to walk away from the dinosaur just in case some other person climbed in and nabbed his mobile. So, right, hold on. I've got, I've got more questions. There are more questions about right, okay. this, right? So he must have been there a while to start s- smelling, right? So... No one have missed him. Oh, so he, no, no, you're making it he, sadder now. Like, he, no, he'd gone there. Sad. He'd gone there on his own to look at a dinosaur. To look statue. at a dinosaur statue, right? So one. Okay, was he someone's there been on, watching Noddy because he's playing own. detective now. Yeah, isn't but, <laughs> <laughs> how did he drop his phone in the statue? I, I don't know, mate. It's a Darwin Award from what it sounds like. He <laughs> actually, he's, no, it says it. I've just got the story up again. He was found inside the, the leg of the dinosaur statue. So he'd fallen completely inside to it. It's an accidental death. There was no violence. The person got inside the statue's leg and got trapped. Oh, man. How long was he there for? Come on, give us the how long he was there. Just imagine that. Imagine. like That's what I always think about these sort of things. Because obviously there is a very real tragedy. It's a real person's death. And that's, you know. Yeah. So we're not making a the But for the, well, we are. But for the. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) If you say it, it doesn't sound as bad, Jim. For the. Oh, yeah, of course. That's the disclaimer. (laughs) For the, for the family. Like what happens? We like when the wife rings work and goes, "Sorry, I'm, I won't be in work." Oh, why not? Oh, um, Jeff, uh, Jeff died. Oh gosh. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, of course. Take all the time off you need. What happened? <laughs> oh, you see, yeah, um, an incident. You just say an incident. Yeah, move on. Just fell inside a dinosaur statue. You know. <laughs> it's. I mean, oh, well. Um, rest in peace uh, to that gentleman. That's awful story. But I, I feel like all the news outlets have printed it. You know, that's on Metro. That's on Sky. So. <laughs> 
I thought it's news. I need to tell you. And I just, uh, you gave me the perfect reaction to that story, because <laughs> it's been in my brain. Uh, if you want to message us, you know, we've got the Loose Dads uh, Facebook group. I mean, I don't know. We can have a conversation about it on that page if it's not we, too inappropriate. We have, we have com- conversations about statues alarmingly often. <laughs> we yeah, do. yeah, we do, don't we? Yeah. Uh, it's very much a theme of this show. But, but, they've ne- learned. but never the inside of them. And it has got me... <laughs> Like it has genuinely got me curious what's inside a, a giant dinosaur statue. And next time I'm around one, I might just try and take a photo inside. <laughs> well, be oh. careful, mate. Don't drop your phone and definitely don't go and retrieve it. All right. I'll or put it on a little a, strap on my wrist. If there's a moral of that story, it's definitely don't, isn't it, Sean? Sure. Yeah. Also, I figured that they'd just be solid inside, but I guess it's cheaper to not do it, isn't it? It's like um like a bath toy. Like yeah, exactly. Oh, I wow. got it open inside. There's all that dangerous mildew, which can make your kid get yeah. an eye infection or die or something. Or bodies. All bodies. All bodies. It- so moving on, Jack, have you got a story? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> this going to be it's going to be an odd transition again no, in true loose no, dance no, no. Uh, style. <laughs> no. Should we do I- like a little intermission, maybe a little dance now <laughs> to, uh, to <laughs> change the mood? <laughs> hey. Okay. Good can can spark. <laughs> okay, guys, what generation would you put yourself in? You know, in all the in all the brackets of generations there currently are. Um, um, you know, boomers, Gen well, Z. This is out of order, making stuff. Jim mention his age again. Chad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like bang out of order. Victorian. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, it, on a serious note, because I was born in 1979, um, which means Calvin Harris doesn't have love for me, which is annoying. Um, I am a, I'm not Generation X and I'm not a millennial. I'm a Xenial, apparently. I don't know. I'm 85, Jim. So if you've got the tally chart there, like, am I? I, I mean, I think I'm on the edge of Gen X millennial, aren't I? I think you're. I think you're a millennial. Yeah, I think it's like oh, 79 God. to about 82 or something is zenial, and then oh. uh, then after that is millennial. Oh, are we cool? Are we all right? Like, are we are we getting a bad rep, millennials? I feel like the ones so, that always get slagged off. Well, I hate to break it to you, Sparky. You're not technically a millennial, according to uh, this new story. There's a new bracket in between Gen X and, well, in between the Xenials and Millennials. And it is geriatric Millennials. Right, I'm not having that. <laughs> not having that. No. No. So if you were born between 1980 and 1985, you are a geriatric no. Millennial. <laughs> we take the piss out of Jim on this podcast for being old. And I don't like this. But you're the geriatric. <laughs> This is in, it's in the news, Sparky. You, you can't make up stuff in the news. So it's true. Oh, Who comes up with this stuff? I like, know, it's crap, isn't it? <laughs> like, well, so, so how do you have your avocado if you're a, a geriatric millennial? <laughs> with prunes. Yeah. yeah. Or no, like just to be a bit old school, yeah, I have it with spam. Because I was like, <laughs> part course, old school yeah. and part avocado and spam. It's like, yeah, mix the two together. <laughs> I would come to your restaurant. <laughs> so you're, are you just, Jack, are you just you're like pure blood millennial then? Is that what you are? Yeah, yeah. I might even be Gen Z, you know. No, I'm not. Uh, pure blood millennial, that's it. Uh, I'm 89, so uh, millennial as a wider spectrum is 1980 to ni- 1994, I think. 
Which feels like quite a broad spectrum, doesn't it? It, it is, yeah. It's almost as if these things are just very trite <laughs> little <laughs> labels that we put on things without really thinking about them. But well, there we go. Yeah, but Jim, you might be you're like your age, 79. That means you're at like a really cool age f- to witness the 90s. Like I sometimes think, oh, I wish I was a little bit older when, I, when it was the 90s. Because I mean, that oh, was a real cool decade to live. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know... Obviously, the aching bones and stuff now are annoying. <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, being 16 in 95 when Britpop was absolutely massive was just like the perfect age, yeah. really. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the perfect age would probably have been two years older, so I could have legally drunk. But <laughs> there were plenty of places to have gone that would still serve me at the time. Yes. Times were different. Um, so yeah, no, that was brilliant. You know, it really was, and it was just a very lucky sort of uh, period to be at my sort of uh, my uh, my gig going heights. Yes. I see, see, but I I think I was at the perfect age in the nineties because Pokemon. Like <laughs> I was I was right into Pokemon. I, I suppose, guys, I had gladiators. I'll take that. Like I felt like I was <laughs> the right age to enjoy gladiators properly. So I mean, that's a win. <laughs> no, that's a that's a good point. You've got jets, so you win. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I met her as an adult as well. She's an absolute babe still. Just saying, guys. <laughs> and Wolf, you met him. Yeah, was still, he terrifying. Like? Uh, still, still terrifying. Still really a bit angry at nothing, like he always was. We always never forget a Saturday night. Pikachu, Pikachu's still cute though. So, all oh, right. Well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> absolute babe. <laughs> still got those pictures on your wall, haven't you? <laughs> Those rosy little cheeks. <laughs> this is how do you get lots of Pikachu's on a bus? Go on, Pokemon. Hey! Hey! <laughs> Let's move on. On the way, we're going to be answering a question <laughs> from Alec from the Dadsnet group on Facebook. This is Loose Dads. This is Lou Stads from Dadsnets. Uh, you can get in contact with the show at the Facebook group, which is Loose Dads Podcast on Facebook. It's Jim, it's Sparky, it's uh, normally Brad, but he's not here. And it's Jack. I don't know why I went for Brad, who's not here before Jack. Maybe I was giving you the big build-up, Jack. What do Cheers, you think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey. Not that I'd forgotten that you were here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's move on quickly. It's the big question. <laughs> Your names are too similar. Right, big question of the week comes from Alec on one of the Dadsnet groups on Facebook. This is what he asks. This one is a challenge and a question I ask myself quite frequently. How do you know you're doing a good job as a parent? There's plenty of wrong ways to parent and just as many ways to be a good parent. It's bad to compare with other kids. How can you really know until they're older? So what do we think about this? How do you know you're doing a good job as a parent? Do you ever know you're doing a good job as a parent? Should you be comparing yourself against other parents, your kids against other kids? Jack, what are your thoughts? No. <laughs> well, it's been good to. Uh, see. Thanks, Jack. Cheers. That clears that one up. Uh, yeah. I, I don't. I think it's impossible to know whether you're doing a good. Like, there are some things. Is your kid fed, clothed, watered, asleep at night? 
Oh, even that. No. Oh, sorry, yeah. there's, there's no judgment around that. Sorry. I, <laughs> my a kids sensitive don't, point, so. mate. <laughs> uh, but, like, you know, there's a few things. Uh, are they happy and healthy? I guess you, that's all you can really judge it on. But otherwise, no. There's no way to know if you're doing a good job. I, I always think, and I'm getting my bleep button out here. I always think, as a parent, you are going to f*** your kids up. You just don't know how. You don't know what bit of what you're doing they're going to take to therapy in 20 years. <laughs> uh, and it might be it might be something awful that you do, like like the way you react to certain things that gives them a bit of a stigma about something. Or it might be something that you think is the right thing to do that ends up, you know, giving them problems later on. So, no, there's no way to know if you're doing a good job as long as you're doing the best you can you'll f*** your kids up somehow so <laughs> don't worry too much about it me, <laughs> stop saying that I, no, I know what you mean though uh, I, I don't know Jim what do you think like do you think that you can damage you can damage your kids through positive enforcement by, by you know by doing the right thing almost yeah I mean I think I think Jack's right there is you, there's no way of knowing and, and I think you think before you have kids you think you'll know what you'll do mm. yeah and then even sometimes when you're doing the best that you can you'll realise you've done something that you thought was the right thing that has very much gone off kilter yeah so um, I've realised that with my son I can't tell him that he if he doesn't do something, he won't get something because that just sends him into like a kind of like, oh no, like a panic. And it, yeah. and that means that he doesn't do the thing you want him to do. So he's quite slow at eating and he does, you know, and sometimes he'll just kind of pick at his food and not eat. And I'm just, you know, if I say, look, if you don't eat that, then you won't be able to play or this, or even, you know, you won't be able to have this later. I th- for him, it needs to be a positive thing. So it's like, come on, if you eat all of that, we can do this. Or we can, you know, if you eat all of that, we can do And that he reacts much better to. Right. But sometimes I quite often find myself doing that thing, going, well, you're not doing that. If you don't do that, you're not doing that. And then that just, like, it's an instant sort of shutdown and barriers up. And so I'm trying not to do that. I'm trying to be more positive about that because I think that that's the way to get around him. For my daughter, it's probably different. She would probably, because she can't break a rule so she you know if, if there's something I say that if she if she doesn't do that she can't do that she'll be like okay I'll do it I'll do it I'll do it ten times you know or whatever <laughs> so it's kind of different but you just find these things out and you have, as long as you go in with the best intentions and if you realise that something's not working or something's having a negative effect you change what you do then that's pretty much all you can do really isn't it like that, I, I, I would agree. I, I'd say with what you've said, what both of you said, is that the fact that it's in, nigh on impossible to be able to to know whether you're doing a good job. You've got the checklist, your obvious one that you said, Jack. Like, yeah, are they fed? Are they going to, you know, have they got a bed to sleep in? Are you doing in your brain everything you think you can? But actually, that's a lie too, because you could probably always do more. Once you put them yeah. to bed, you could probably feel, think about what you did with them that day and gone, oh, I could have done this and I could have done that. Like, if if you're an overthinker like me anyway. Um, so, I don't know. I just, you have to, but you have to take control of it to some extent. I feel Alex asking the question because he needs some sort of assurance that he's doing it right. But maybe, mate, Alec, it's, 
it's your job to give you that assurance. Like you've got to give it to yourself by going, well, I've done this for my child. I, I've, I've done this today. I gave them that. And remind yourself every week of these things that make you think you're doing the right thing. Like, oh, I took them to that class. That's the right thing to do. You know, I made them interact mm. with that kid. I helped them join this club. I helped them with their homework. Like all of those things are all thumbs up. You're doing a great job. Yeah. And a lot of the time with these questions, uh, the answer is to sort of just give yourself a break. Yeah. Um, we all need to give ourselves a break because there's very, very few of us who are intentionally doing bad things. We can all learn and we are learning and yeah. we're all getting better. But as long as you're doing things for the right reason and, you know, your kids are happy, you know, if they're obviously unhappy and you're still powering down with something that's bad, then, you know, <laughs> have a look at that. Have a look at what you're doing and change it. But yeah. You can. No one's going to be perfect. There's no perfect parenting, so don't ever try it. I mean, you. There's a lot of people who are perfectionists who get frustrated by parenting because they can never master it. You can never hundred percent it. Thankfully, I am not a perfectionist. So I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take any slapdash answer. But that's the thing because on the school run, it is basically: Do you have all the clothes that you need on? Yeah. <laughs> Good. You've got those. Do you have the book that you need for today? Yeah, brilliant. Okay, we're done. You're in. Oh, yeah. Has your hair been done? Yes, okay, fine. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I, and so you I give yourself you know, a pat on the back this... and remember that you, you helped that happen. Exactly, uh, yeah. I think a part of this as well is, uh, you know, he mentions about, um, you know, comparing yourself to other other parents. And and social media plays such a huge part in that. That, you know, you, you see... You see everyone's best bits. Um, you know, we talk about this all the time. You see yeah. everyone's best bits on uh, on social media, and and so yeah, you see you see parents doing this amazing stuff with their kids. You don't see them sticking them in front of Mister Tumble for a couple of hours because they just need to sit and scroll on their phone <laughs> and 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 switch off for a bit. You know, you don't you don't see that stuff. So yeah, so d- don't judge yourself on. On what other people are doing because you don't you don't really know what they're doing and you definitely only, you only see snippets and it's the same with the children as well like yeah okay there might be a kid in your kid's class who aces the spelling test every week and your kid doesn't but then you know your kid might be doing better in maths or doing yeah. better in something else or learning at their own pace because you know it's not all about the same thing and you know and in the end you can't really compare children, especially not when they're young and they're all developing. And, uh, you know, I mean, my uh, my daughter's best friend walked really early, but took a while to get her vocabulary, whereas my daughter talked a lot very early, had a vocabulary, but took ages to walk. And, you same. Know. We've just gone through that, Jim. Uh, we, Jackson was the last in our NCT group to walk. And, it, and a lot long, like longer after, sorry. Like I... To the point I was thinking, well, what are we doing wrong? Are we are we sitting him down too much? Are we putting him in, keeping him in his high chair, keeping him in his pram too long? Like, is he needing time to roam? And no, he just wasn't ready. He just absolutely wasn't ready. And then when he, now he is, and like you say, his speech was, was up there. I, now he's doing it. I'm not even in the comparison zone, but I really kind of did wind myself up a bit. So yeah, definitely don't compare Alex because it, 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 it's everything in their own pace. Every child at their own pace. But even, even you know, we're talking about young kids there, even older kids. Like, I think about my journey into my career, you know, when I was um, 16 through to 21 or whatever. And, and, you know, you're constantly comparing yourself and your parents are comparing how you're doing to other 
other kids in the same situation. So and so's son, he's got himself this. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I, I went to uni. I did sixth form. I went to uni. Uh, I got a degree. I did student radio internships, um, and then eventually got an apprenticeship at a radio station. The guy who was teaching me, my appren- my mentor for the apprenticeship, came out of school at 16 and went straight into radio. And he was a couple of years older than me and like 12 ranks higher. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was it was like, oh, I really feel like I <laughs> maybe didn't take that best journey then. But when you looked at it at the, at the time, you were like, oh, compared to what other people do, that's the right thing to do. And you can't compare. Like, you have no idea what people are going to go on to do based on their strengths and weaknesses and all that sort of stuff. So it's pointless yeah. comparing. And that's, I guess you didn't maybe know exactly what you needed to do till later anyway. Like when I went to uni, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, um, no. but it was good to go to uni. And, and yeah, people who have done the same jobs as I have have not been. And, you know, they had a three year head start and whatever. Yeah. And they, you know, they had that time, but I enjoyed my time there and it, well, took, yeah. it took that time. And still, you know, I mean, even well, I lost a job in radio, my last sort of proper big job in radio in 2013. And and after that you know I kind of there were no more jobs for me for ages and I did eventually go back into it but I also then found something else that I could do that I'd not really thought of before Mm. and you know that was my late 30s that I found that out and it's just sometimes it happens like that you don't find out what you what you really can do and what you really want to do until you're a lot later so yeah trying to compare six-year-olds is crazy ridiculous everybody's story is different and i think that's so true i I saw something actually on tiktok i I look i get so much parenting advice off tiktok it's ridiculous i know people (laughs) have got no no you oldies jim have got a neg on tiktok Uh, but it's actually really good and this guy just summed up parenting like it was it was just a bloke and he just goes look Parenting. If you want to know what you need to do, it's not, I don't need to teach my kid this, I need to teach my kid that. It's just teach them to be a nice person. Teach them to be sociable because actually that's the greatest skill that they'll need. Like, you know, they might not be ed- uh, smart educationally or, you know, the fastest runner, but if they're nice, people will help them get better at the things and the skills that they need yeah. in their life. So they want genuine smiles off other parents and other kids. If you can teach your kid that, then you're setting them up the best you can. I'd say, Alex, I, I think that's great advice. Yeah, it's not a bad chat, that. Yeah, I, I had read something else similar to that on MySpace, actually. So, uh, <laughs> What's MySpace, Jim? Sorry. Yeah, it's a new up-and-coming thing. Me and Tom are good friends, so uh, there you go. Uh, if you've got any questions uh, that you would like answering on the big question on the Loose Dads podcast uh, from the Dads Net, then get on to either the Dads Net Facebook groups, which you should be on anyway. Really great resource to go and have a rant, have a laugh, ask advice, give advice and all of that sort of stuff. And get on to the Loose Dads podcast Facebook group as well, where you can have a chat with us about any old nonsense, including the stuff we've talked about on this show. Um, next week, we'll be back. Brad fingers crossed we'll either be back on the normal zoom call or he'll be live i guess the wi-fi is okay in belmarsh i'm not sure if it is so we'll find out i think (laughs) we'll have to record at visiting hours though boys we'll have to sort that if if jack schedules uh, like free for that yes yes we'll see what we can do anyway uh but tonight thank you very much to brad no he wasn't here (laughs) (laughs) Hey, he's moving his way up, though, in the, in your order, isn't he? Yeah, he is, isn't he? 
<laughs> by the end of this, by the end of this link, he'll be hosting the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'm Brad. I am Brad. <laughs> je suis Brad. That is what we're going to be saying. Hashtag Je suis Brad from now on. Anyway, thank you to Jack. Thank you, Jack. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Sparky. Thanks, gentlemen. <laughs> and thank you for Brad for giving us a break this week. Uh, if you want to uh, find out more about us, go onto that Facebook group. If you loved what you heard, please tell someone about it. Share this podcast. Also, give us a review. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a five star thing. Anything that you want to do that will help us out would be glorious. Thank you very much. And we'll be back next week with Loose Dads. Loose Dads, a Dadsnet original podcast.